Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to How to Date, a show about how to master the messy, complex, challenging and bizarre world of dating when you really didn't think you'd be back here again. I'm your host, Dr. Amantha Imba. And I'm your co-host, Monique Robin. So who have we got on the show today? So today we've got Julie Furman, who runs one of the most respected matchmaking agencies in LA. And we've got some really cool stuff to to share on that interview. So for example, Julie talks about why the best catch is not going to be the best looking person in the room, which I thought was very good advice. Yeah, she gave a really interesting perspective, didn't she? She did. And she also talked about what are the most important qualities to look for in a long-term partner, which are perhaps the qualities that we're, that we're not necessarily looking for, Monique, but now we should be. Yeah, I think when you go on date after date and it's, it is all short-term by virtue of the fact that it doesn't lead to a second date, it's very hard to think in that long-term way. Yeah, it is. Um, and Julie also talked about some of the questions to ask in a post-date debrief. So that means you and I, Monique, we're going to have far more productive debriefs about our dates. So I'm looking forward to being able to implement that advice. Definitely gives you more clarity around the success of the date and whether it's just, you know, your mindset affecting your opinions on how it went. It's nice to have a friend to really bounce ideas off. Exactly. And just know what are the, what are the best questions to ask. Monique, how was your week in dating? Oh, look, it was pretty non-eventful, to be honest. But you know what? I've been doing a lot of uh, research about dating amongst my friends and colleagues. And I was talking the other day to a girl from work, another yoga teacher. She's a little bit older than me. And I think since we've started this podcast, she's almost become like my uh, dating confidant. I'll talk to her and she'll talk to me, given that I try not to talk to you until we're on air. (laughs) Anyway, she was telling me this story and I'm going to relay it instead of talking about my week specifically, because I think it's a really good lesson in it. So... She has a daughter who's in her 20s and this girl, as her uni job, works in a lobby cafe at a hotel and coincidentally she met this great guy. They'd built up a bit of rapport and he said, it was quite a well-known hotel so it's not that crazy, he said, let's meet for a drink. It got to that point and then he said, how about we meet in the lobby of the said hotel? And she's like, okay, and something um, compelled her not to reveal that her daughter worked in exactly the place that he suggested. And lo and behold, she also was on shift that day. Oh, my God. So they set a time for the afternoon and she gets to the date and 
the daughter is completely wigged out, flustered, and no one's behaving in a suspecting way. However, being the mother, she could tell the daughter was a bit rattled. Anyway, she's thinking maybe the daughter just doesn't like him or something. Turns out, and she finds out from her daughter later on, he had been doing, now wait for it, Amantha, he'd been doing like dating rounds one after the other, scheduling them. One after the other. One would leave. Oh, my God. Can you believe it? So he had like a little speed dating day for himself. <laughs> he had a speed dating day. Now, look, there isn't really anything wrong with this, I guess. But it, what it does show is that you just don't know what you're walking into. And she felt quite affronted by it because obviously it was very early days. But... The way he spoke, he, she did feel that he was giving her a chance in isolation from all the other women he met on Bumble. Oh, my God. That's just, oh, that's just so wrong. Like how many are we talking, like how many dates there were we two talking more, about? Two prior to her and one more after her. Four dates in one session. Four dates in one session with 10-minute breaks. And... What she also realised was quite alerting but also had the inside information is that he was like, all right, well, then, you know, let's call it a night. And she was like, okay, but he's like, oh, look, I'm just going to finish off some work here and some texts, but I'll see you soon and please, I will pay. And the reason why he was emphatic that he'd pay is he had all the other dates bills. He hadn't even finalised the bills <laughs> from the previous dates. So imagine if she was insistent, which I sometimes am, because you know my theory, if I really don't like a guy, I really want to pay so that he doesn't feel used. I would have gone there and realised I had like two other women's drinks to pay for. Can you? I would have been having an argument with the daughter saying, hang on a second, you've overcharged me. So luckily she's a little bit more, you know, accepting of the chivalry than I am and probably because she thought there'd be more dates to follow. To play devil's advocate though, because I, the, do you remember last year I organised a three-date night for myself like granted it was mostly zoom date so it was really early just to get an initial impression and one was in person though and I also did decide oh never again that's just exhausting but devil's advocate in me goes well at least that's really efficient assuming it's like literally the first date for all these people well yeah, I know what you're saying, but what I think is doing it in a public place is really brazen. It's really arrogant. Like the daughter actually assumed that it wasn't her date. She thought it was a gentleman because it's a five-star hotel lobby. She thought it was a gentleman conducting interviews. For As you would, job interviews, yeah. Because yeah, that's a, that, that happens there. Yes. So she could have very easily gone and said, oh, how was the prior candidate, you know, trying to make conversation or something like that and and the thing is I just think the arrogance that that sort of establishes before the date even begins it's just not great energetically yeah that's true and it's pretty foul to think that each of these women is sitting where like another potential suitor has sat that's that's a bit weird I know dirty sheets right (laughs) but also what happened was the daughter who was working was like completely fretting that her mother's date hadn't turned up. There's some guy in the lobby interviewing. 
really attractive, done up women. <laughs> and there's, you know, there's couples in there, but no single guy. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's, that's really all I can relate to you this week, Amantha. How was your week? Uh, so I had a date with a guy that I'd, I'd spoken to him on the phone for a couple of hours and that was really good. Good conversation. I won't say his occupation because there's not many of them, but let's just say he's sort of quite a, a high standing individual in an occupation that involves very rational, logical thinking, I will say, which you'll see why that's important towards the end of the story. So we met for a drink and it was fine. We chatted for a couple of hours, good conversation, but the, like there was no spark. I kind of left the date going, yeah, I, I don't think that I'll be seeing him again. And I didn't feel like he wanted to see me again. I feel, felt like it was a mutual fine night, but no spark for either of us. Would have you been receptive to the possibility had you have read him wrong of another date? As a friend, I would have gone on a friendship coffee. Oh, you put him in the friend zone. In the friend zone, yes. Right, okay. But rational thinking, um, powerful man. Very clever. And interestingly, one of the reasons that made me think he wasn't interested is that he was parked right outside the bar in his very fancy, expensive car because of his fancy occupation. And I was parked around the corner and he didn't offer to walk me to my car. And it was like, it was 10, 10 30 at night. I just thought that's a bit weird. Okay. I've got a theory on that. Mm. So maybe fancy man, fancy car wanted you to know that that was his fancy car. So if he had have walked you, he would have bypassed that opportunity defined by your fancy car. Right. But he could have driven me to my less fancy car in his fancy car or something just for my okay. personal safety. Yep. Okay. Okay. Take, I'll take that. But yeah, that, I think that was the main reason why I thought, yeah, I won't be hearing from him again. Anyway, I did hear from him again the next day and he texted to say that was a really lovely night. And what I did know is that he described himself as quite spiritual, which is fine. I think from my experience, don't want to like big note here, but as a yoga teacher, when a rational thinking human being describes themselves as spiritual, there is obviously a point of reference there that maybe would take them maybe not so close to spirituality as some people that would describe themselves as spiritual. I don't understand what you just said. Okay. If you come from a place of a rational thinking job and you call yourself spiritual, maybe you're just a little bit spiritual compared to some people who are immersed in spirituality. Okay. Right. So basically take it with a grain of salt, the yep. spirituality. Yeah, okay. but I have a feeling from what you're saying, this is going to be humorous. Legit spiritual. Okay. So he texted me, said, had a lovely night. Can I ask for your date of birth? Because I'd love to do your numbers, i.e. numerology. Oh, okay. I don't think that's funny. I think that's great, but yes, very <laughs> unusual. Pretty strange. Can you give him my date of birth? Can you do my yeah. numbers? <laughs> um, so I thought, uh, what the hell? We'll see. And I mean, in terms of giving out my date of birth, yes, I normally wouldn't do that. But given what an upstanding, respected member of society he was, I didn't actually feel that there was much of a risk. So I texted him my date of birth. And my credit card details and my license number. Yeah, that's right. And he messages me back a couple of hours later 
with a really long text message, basically analyzing my numbers with the conclusion that, yes, I've chosen the right career path. Oh, okay. Well, that's reassuring. But knowing you, Amantha, I don't feel career is the area in life where you need that reassurance. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So I'm, as you know, I'm not a, a huge believer in some of these things being a scientist, but I just thought, how weird. And then you know what? He never messaged me again. Oh, so that was, was it. I wrote, thank you. And I said, you know, look, that's accurate, but it's probably also a bit of confirmation bias at play, but I appreciate the time that you've taken to do this. Didn't hear from him again. You weren't gushy enough. You weren't like woo-woo enough. Oh, my goodness, that's amazing. You're psychic and, oh, wow, numerology, let's do a course together. No, no, I think what happened is that he just, he wanted my numbers to check our compatibility in the numerology whatever and uh just found out that we weren't compatible but had to send me something just to make it look legit okay so he would he just wanted to confirm because like you he wasn't totally feeling a connection so he needed the numbers just to confirm his gut instinct had that confirmed but because he'd asked you for that information felt um obligated to give you some rudimentary reading from your numbers got you but it was actually self-fulfilling he just wanted to get it off his conscience that he hadn't fobbed off a potential suitor that's right he needed data (laughs) yeah he needed needed peer-reviewed data yeah exactly so that was my week in dating It's time to introduce our guest today, who is Julie Furman. She's the founder and CEO of LA's most well-respected professional matchmaking agency, where she's been providing personal introductions and dating coaching services since 2001. She also hosts the Cupid's Coach podcast, which is definitely worth a listen. So let's head on over to Julie. Now, a lot has been written and said about who we should go on a first date with, but I'm interested in the second date. How can we make better decisions about who to go on second dates with? Oh, it's one of my favorite questions. The biggest mistake that I see people making, especially women, is to veto a guy who's courting her. He, like he wants to see her again, he's interested, he's attracted, and she vetoes him for something that really is secondary, not one of her top three, top four, even five critical criteria. I love to see second dates and I love to see third dates. That's when the magic starts happening. Because on first dates, The people who, you know, we're not really our total selves. We're showing like our representative self. I want to know, you know, how do people feel when they're together? And you're going to get a better answer to that question, a more truthful, authentic response to that question after a second date or a third date. Because by that time, you're beginning to see who the other person truly is and how you feel in their presence. So the bottom line is, don't veto or dismiss or discard a suitor. A suitor is a guy who's like knocking on your door, wants to see you for the first date, second date, third date. Don't dismiss him for anything secondary. Get very clear first what your critical criteria are. For a woman, almost always number one thing when you really boil it down is something along the lines of character and integrity. If he seems like he's a good guy and he's into you, pay attention. Right. So what are then some of the 
common things that women think about when they're incorrectly, if you like, dismiss a guy after that first date? Like just say we're not physically attracted. Is that a reason to say no to a second date? Well, good question. There's a threshold, okay? So there's a question I've been asking men and women for decades, 30 years. And I ask it every single time I do an interview. I ask, especially to women, have you ever met a guy that you're not particularly attracted to initially, but then you got to know him and over time, he became adorable, even dateable. And you know what? About 85% of women give me a yes response to that question. But here's the wild, bizarre news. I've been asking the same question to men since 1990. That's over 50,000 men. Take a wild guess. What percentage of men do you think have given me a yes response to that question? Oh, I'm guessing significantly less. You're right. It's so bad. It's less than 5%. What? Yeah. These superficial males. Well, okay, so this is perfect that you said that because that was my response too. I thought, oh God, these guys are so superficial. Don't they know any better? Well, I've been doing this so long now that I finally realized we need to stop fighting reality and actually we need to stop fighting biology. If you if you study animals, if you study biology, the number one thing that every species needs to do is reproduce, right? So we were never really meant to live this long. I mean, <laughs> the average life expectancy in 1900 was like, I don't know, 37 or something ridiculous. So now we're living much longer and people have the opportunity to have a second love affair, a third love affair, a fourth love affair. But if we're still operating with yesterday's expectations, we're going to be disappointed. So the smartest thing a woman can do, knowing that men don't develop attraction over time, they, they have equipment that needs to work in order for our species to survive. It's that simple. Even a guy who's 75 years old and never wants to change and never diaper in his whole life, he still, I cannot as a matchmaker, I can't get him off the couch to court a woman properly. Unless he's attracted to who she is, he's inspired by who she is, and he thinks he can win with her. He thinks he's got a shot at her. So the best thing for women to do is look for those qualities that we really hope to find in our guy. Almost always for a woman, it's integrity and character. It's the fun factor, somebody she can enjoy herself with, somebody she can respect. It might have something to do with his financial stature, his ability to provide, protect, all of that. If he seems to have those elements, keep saying yes to him. Like my sister says, we only have a shot with the guy who thinks we're hot. <laughs> so so you're saying a, a girl should keep saying yes, but maybe the guy shouldn't if, it's, if the roles are reversed because more than likely they're not going to form that attraction. Some, you know, as men get older, they have a greater ability to develop attraction over time. But, you know, it's, it's like guys have their type. I'm working with a gentleman client right now in Los Angeles who only likes the stick skinny, 
um, yoga body, you know, the 110 pounds, just super skinny. That's the only kind of woman that he can get up off the couch to court. Okay. I got another guy who only is attracted to Asian women and all his life, the only women he's been, he's a Caucasian guy, but he likes Asian women. Another guy I'm working with likes Kardashian curves. He likes curves and the skinny chick doesn't have a shot with him. The mistake that today's women make is, you know, we all, anybody who's dating today grew up with the media. TV, billboards, magazines, and now the swiping apps. We need to guard against our inclination to veto, discard, or dismiss a suitor for something silly like, well, I really wanted him to be taller, or I wish he had hair, or I don't like that he has a beard. I don't like the Hawaiian shirt he's wearing. Those are not reasons to turn down a suitor. For smart girls, we say yes. What are some other mistakes that you see your female clients make? I don't know how it is there in your world, but we're seeing a lot of people miss each other over here in the States over politics. <laughs> is it happening over there or is this just the States right now? I reckon it's probably more extreme in the States. Yeah, we had a pretty interesting four years. So... I see people missing each other over that. I see people missing each other over religion and and what their religious practice might have looked like when they were growing up. And I think that's silly. I see a lot of women missing men because they have this expectation that wherever she is financially, he needs to be in a stronger position. He needs to out earn her. Do you see that over there in Australia? Yeah, I definitely think that exists. Like, uh, I, I guess a sense of entitlement that I've worked hard to be an independent woman, so it's really important that that the man is independent in his own right, if not even more powerful. Yeah. So the challenge there is that in order for a match to be successful, it needs to be a good energetic match. So. I just got off the phone earlier with a lady who did a consultation with me and she's in a super strong position financially, makes a half a million dollars a year and always felt like her success intimidated men. And women say that all the time. Men are intimidated by my success and my strength and my power and my earning power and my wardrobe and my car. I've never in 30 years of being a matchmaker had a man tell me he's intimidated by a woman. Never happens. What happens is he's put off by the way she's being about her strength. So she's being boss lady. And that, like she thinks she's supposed to be with the big, strong alpha male. And that kind of guy is never going to go for the woman with boss lady energy. He needs a feminine woman who's receptive and who will let him lead. See the problem? Monique's nodding at me as you're saying that. <laughs> so yeah. Amantha is boss lady, although she's a very she's gracious and full of humility. And what Amantha doesn't realize, though, no matter how demure she comes across, everyone that meets her knows her power. And so we have this discussion 
time and time again that she doesn't attract powerful men because she comes across as more powerful. And I believe it's intimidating. So what should I be doing, Julie? What should I be doing? (laughs) Because I feel like when I go on dates now, I, I think I am quite successful in bringing that like sort of playful, fun energy. And I think for me, like They've I, already Googled you though, Amantha. That they have potentially Googled me, which is a bit of an issue because there's a lot of a lot of hits. But I feel like I'm bringing the right energy and I'm certainly getting, you know, additional dates if I want them. But like what else should I be doing differently, Julie? Because sometimes I feel after a few dates, I feel that some men that I've dated are feeling a little bit insecure. It's all a function of how they feel around us. And it's about us learning how to bring out the best in men. Um, I don't know if you know my favorite relationship guru, but her name is Alison Armstrong. Have you ever heard of her? No. It's Alison with with one L, Alison. And my husband and I have been married for 30 years we would not have been married this long had it not been for the work of Alison Armstrong. She helped me learn how, it was really all about how to get the best out of the men in our lives. And that is by monitoring how we're being as women. I can tell with both of you ladies, you have an enormous amount of feminine energy because you're really good listeners. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's uh, the more we have to offer, the more selective we're going to be. That's natural. And it's further complicated by this reality that that one guy who would make the cut in your esteem, all the girls want to meet that guy, right? (laughs) All the girls, good looking. He's got a good job. He's got a good personality. We have to guard against only going for the guys with those qualities, because those are also the qualities that breed narcissism. I promise you the best catch is not the best looking man in the room. It's not the wealthiest man in the room, nor is it the best looking woman for the most part. Beauty, power, wealth, all of that breeds narcissism, which is the antithesis to love. So what we want to be paying attention to is the qualities that really matter. Is this person happy? Does he like his life? Is he making a contribution in the world? Does he does he have good relationships? Is he somebody I can count on? Is he honest? Is he trustworthy? Those are the qualities to pay attention to. And then the fun factor, do I enjoy my company with him? Do I feel I can be the best version of myself around him. And there are plenty of times as women, as strong, confident, capable women, when we need to not be speaking up. Well, what do you mean by that? Gosh, my husband's so funny. He says, generally speaking, women are generally speaking. (laughs) 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 And... I think we need to be vigilant about what we say and what we don't say. Sometimes what we don't say is so much more powerful. A man will only play. He will only engage in an activity he thinks he has a chance at winning. So as women, the more we're bragging about our success, talking about our success, 
interrupting him, name dropping, talking about our accomplishments. Very rarely does a man ever tell me he's excited to meet a woman because of all of her accomplishments. No, he wants to meet a woman because of how he thinks he might feel in her presence. It explains why men tend to target younger and they tend to target women who are not as successful as they are financially. In order to be his best self, he needs to feel like the man. He doesn't want to be dating the man. It's a primal instinct, isn't it, to want to feel, I guess, from a male's perspective, that you can protect the woman. That's right. It's as simple as when you and I get onto an airplane and we have to lift that bag up there. We need to get really good at looking around for a savior. They want to help us. They want to be needed. Men are providers and protectors. They will only respond in that way to a woman that they think will receive that gift. It's a tricky little conundrum. So on that, something Monique and I often wonder about is just how forward should we as women be? Like, should we be initiating any of the dates? Yes, ma'am. We need to be. And I'll tell you why we need to be. Because so many men right now are not initiating. And it's not because you did anything wrong. It's not because I did anything wrong. It's because so many women have been so nasty and mean to these guys. So we have to pick up the slack. You know, it's funny. Think about all of the married people that you know, people who've been married for 5, 10, 15, 30 years. Who makes the social plans, the man or the woman? The woman. woman. Of course she does. And so women come to me. Well, I want the man with the plan. I want him to court me and I want him to take me out to dinner. No, they would rather be on the couch with their clicker. They don't want to be. (laughs) So what we need to do as women, like I swear to you, if it weren't for me being the initiator, Mr. Furman and I never would have married. I went to a dating service at 29.9 years old. I was fertility challenged. I didn't think I was going to be able to have kids. I was freaking out. So I I hired myself a dating coach. We put together this great plan. Part of that plan was internal for me to identify all the things that I was doing wrong in dating, and there were plenty of them. And then it was all about the strategic plan. So I walk into this dating service, and the guy who took my money and maxed out my credit cards talked me into joining. That's the guy I'm married to. (laughs) so I kind of married my own matchmaker but if I had waited for him to ask me out it never would have happened so I just joked with him one day I said hey what's the story with you pal I looked in the g book under Gil and I didn't see you and he said well I'm not really supposed to ask out my members and I thought oh what a shame so what would you do if one of your members asked you out And he said, well, if she was cute, I'd probably go. I said, come on, let's go have a beer. (laughs) And five weeks later, we got engaged. This guy was 44 and never married. And that, that conversation, which some might call an engagement or a proposal, it wasn't. He calls it the conversation that got out of control. (laughs) Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Julie, you have been matchmaking people for a very long time in your agency. How do you know if two people will be a good match? Oh, boy, I never know for sure. I have an idea for the match, and I would love to make the match, but I know for sure nothing happens unless the gentleman is available, timing's good for him, so I'll first check, hey, Jack, how's timing for an introduction? If he says, hey, timing's great, who do you have in mind? Well, actually, this is girl Amantha I'm thinking about for you. Let me share her profile with you. I'd say I'm probably about 65 to 75%. Yes. Like I, if I think he's going to go for her and he does, okay, it might be as much as 80%, but I never know for sure. Only if he's interested and attracted to who she is, do I have a shot. Then I go to her and I pray that she's available timing is good for her and she's not going to veto him for something stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I can't make a match happen. All I am is I'm a possibilities broker. I'm a relationship enabler, but I can't really make a match. What are you looking for though? Like when you're putting someone forward to a guy like how, how are you thinking about compatibility? Yeah, I'm, I have wonderful software that I've built. My website, by the way, is juliefermancom F-E-R-M-A-N. And I'm happy to match people who are all over the world. I have people from everywhere. It's free and private to be registered. So my software is designed so that the first things I'm going to target for are the person I'm searching for, that person's age preferences, I don't reveal age on profiles for a dozen reasons, but I need to know. I I filter for who wants to have kids and who doesn't, who will date somebody with children and who won't. I filter for religion and ethnicity preferences. And then that's where I'll use my intuition because I've got a short list at that point. I'll say, okay, based on what I know about him, because I always start with a man, based on what I know about him, and his preferences, who do I think has a shot with him? And I'll present him usually three or five candidates. At that point in time, he's going to tell me, okay, you know what? It's really Monique that that I'm excited to meet. I know you really wanted me to meet Amantha, but it's really Monique. She's, she's the one I'm inspired to meet. And then I got to go to Monique and hope that she's going to give me the yes response. And if so, then I orchestrate the first date or I put them in contact so that they can initiate. And I pray to God that they don't mess it up, that they don't drop the ball. Why do you go to the man first, Julie? Because a man, I can't get him up to the plate unless he's attracted to who she is physically. There's a threshold of attraction that a man positively needs to have. If she's got the wrong body type, I'm dead in the water. And the other thing is men have been getting rejected by women since the sixth grade, okay, forever. Women, we don't expect to ever get rejected by a man. So 
I found over the years, I've done matchmaking every way that there is to do matchmaking. The best way to do it so that I don't derail the women in my world is not to tease her with a guy who may or may not be available and worse, he is available, really wants a relationship, but not with her. And I guess the the women are often more sensitive perhaps to that than the men. Yeah, just for fun. Someday go online and look up matchmaker complaints, okay? And you're going to (laughs) find thousands of them because dating services and matchmakers have taken on women because, well, we want to be treated the same as men. We want everything to be equal. But no, we really don't. We don't want to be rejected by a guy that we think is awesome. Better if she never never knows anything about him until he's knocking on the door with a bouquet of roses, wants to take her out. With this dating process in mind, how important is it to debrief about our dates afterwards? Because I feel that we could risk making a bad decision about whether or not there's potentiality and the second date coming to fruition could be affected by that conversation. You mean like um, finding out, well, how did our date go? Are you interested in seeing me again? That conversation? No, like I noticed that on your website, you mentioned that you offer a debriefing service where you'll talk about, and I mean, obviously that's something you encourage because, you know, my debrief after a date is to ring Amantha and go, no, really bad. And then she'll say, why go? And I'll just give her three or four adjectives. And then that conversation's done on to the next one. But maybe we should be sort of dissecting it a little bit more. Totally. So important. I cannot tell you how many relationships I have 1214 couples that I know about on our success story list. I cannot tell you how many of them would never have had a second date had I not gotten feedback from both of them. Because I always want to know, I had two dates last night, so I got post-date feedback first thing in the morning. And so often the first date ends and they're not really sure. They're like, I don't know. Well, if she likes me, maybe I'd go out with her. If he likes me, maybe. So I'm the one who gets the chance to say, hey, Steve, what do you think about Liz? Did you like her enough to see her again? And Steve and Liz were both kind of on the fence. So little Miss Busybody over here, I said, let's have a second date because I need to see how they feel after being together a second time, a third time. So you know what? It is Thursday at the moment and they have a second date set up on Saturday. They're going to a nice restaurant. There's music playing. It's like uh, merengue kind of fun, salsa kind of music. And they both love that music. So we'll see what happens. When in doubt, give the guy another date. Still in doubt, give him a third date. If you haven't begun to develop a romantic attraction by the end of the third date, it's probably not going to happen. Turn him into a friend. You can always turn a friend into a lover, but it's hard to go back the other way. So I advise women, keep your pants on ladies until after, you know, he's not dating anybody else, but you, you have the same primary dating purpose and you know who each other is. You can always make friends along the way. That's one of the big mistakes that men and women both make. They don't feel that chemistry on the first date and they just sort of slink away and they vanish 
And then you see the guy at the supermarket two weeks later or a year later, and it feels really awkward because you didn't close it properly. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So so when Monique and I are debriefing about our dates, what are some questions that we should be asking each other? What are the qualities that you appreciate in this guy? This is my post-date feedback. I always ask these questions. What qualities do you appreciate in him? Were there any qualities that you didn't appreciate? Did you find him to be interesting, engaging? Uh, Did you find him to be attractive? Was he good company? And if you had the opportunity, would you be open to seeing him again? That's what I want to know. That's super useful, Julie. If you get to the point where 90% of your dates are a no-go for date number two, You're missing opportunities for sure. Mm, That's a good thing to remember. Julie, I don't know where the time's gone. This has been super, super helpful and interesting. My final question for you is uh, you mentioned your website. I'll get you to mention that again in terms of how can people connect with you that want to learn more about what you're doing? Yes, please. It's julieferman.com. J-U-L-I-E-F like Frank, E-R-M-A-N.com. And it's free and private to be registered. I'm affiliated with matchmakers all over the world, and I have connections in Australia. So register with me so I can find you. I do consultations with people. It's an hour-long consultation. It costs 295 US, and it's one hour of the client's time, two hours of my time. We look at real live people together and we check your picker to see if it's on target or way broken. (laughs) I think Monique and I will definitely be registering on your website after this conversation. Please do. I, I have so many friends in Australia dying to get there. So yeah, give me another reason. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time, Julie. It's been very, very informative and helpful. Thanks, Julie. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Love you, girls. So, Monique, what was your biggest takeout from that interview? Look, I found it really interesting when she was talking about the difference between men and women and how she coaches them differently. I noted that she said that once a man's decided he's not attracted to a female, then there's no going back from there. There's no changing his mind. So they're very definitive. Whereas us women, we should maybe give the guy another go if it's not love at first sight. And I I feel that I tend to be more like what she described a typical man to be like. So I think from now on, having heeded her advice, I think I'd be a little bit more tolerant of someone that I wasn't instantly attracted to, provided they ticked some other boxes. I must say that's a big takeout for me as well. And probably the other thing I'm taking out of it is that that which I, I don't know if I knew this or not, but it was helpful hearing Julie say it, that men are not excited to meet a woman because of her accomplishments. It's about how they feel in her presence, which I think I knew that in my head, but that was useful to be reminded of because I feel like, I don't know, if I, like if I want to impress someone, I kind of default to maybe talking about some of the things that I've done Not in a braggy way, but I feel like maybe they'll like me more. I don't think you do that. I just think your accomplishments speak for themselves. So it sort of seems to be something that guys find out about you very early on. But you know how she was talking about wanting to feel less, men wanting to feel less intimidated by powerful women? Yeah, I definitely, 
I feel like I just, I need, to, I don't know, I need to do something differently because I do feel that with a few of the men that I've been on dates with in recent times, I feel like what I've done in my career brings out like their insecurities. 100%. You need to give a fake name so that they can't Google you. <laughs> Already doing that. Yeah, good idea. That is it for today's show. If you have enjoyed How to Date, why not share it with other people that you think could benefit from some of the advice that we are offering. And if you enjoyed this episode, we would love to get your feedback. Please leave us a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listened to this show from. And we will see you next time. See you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 